Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of We Can Fix It, another podcast about film. We take films we should have loved, point out how they fell short, and then we make new versions, ones we would have enjoyed so much more. It's everything you never asked for. So stick around and join us for Alien 3, our Gripes Edition. All right, we're doing Gripes, right? And it's Alien 3, or Aliens 3. Alien Cubed. Alien Cubed. Yeah, it is Alien right. 3. But That's a good point, though. Like, you think of the grammar of that? Alien 3. Actually, no. Did you see the poster for it? The poster is like, three, t- three times the aliens. Three, or something stupid. And it's like, three times the terror. What does that mean? <laughs> well, it's better than double the terror. I mean, there was probably a movie that came out just the year before that said double the terror. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah? Three times the terror. Yeah. Well, that actually is a good... Question I didn't think that's of that. not even and that's not even what cubed means mathematically. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no scientists in this movie, obviously. <laughs> yeah, because the precedent set by the second movie, because they're calling it aliens, right? Yeah. I don't want to get too deep in this, but that this is actually a good point. Aliens, plural, of alien. Mm-hmm. And then alien three, now you're actually breaking this the continuity of this. Because alien <laughs> is in one alien, aliens is as in, as in many, and then alien three is not even doesn't even mean anything. Yeah. Just means it's the third alien movie. Yeah. So it's not even a good play on the title anymore. Like it just doesn't really. See, this yeah. is where Fast and the Furious does it right. <laughs> Do you uh, know about the connection with the Fast and the Furious with the latest movie? What? That Idris Elba in Fast and the Furious, he's like this superhuman. Yeah. And he has a tattoo. But this is Hobbs and Oh, and Hobbs and Shaw. Shaw. Sorry, Hobbs and Shaw. And he has a Wayland Utani uh, tattoo. He is a product what? of the same company. That was looking to develop the. So what does this aliens. tell us, guys? After this one, we're watching Hobbs and Shaw, <laughs> and then we might we might come out of it saying we really can't fix it because it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. I does mean, he die at the end of that movie? By the way, I haven't seen it. This is just uh, what I because I'm wondering why it's a tie-in at all, and that just seems bizarre. It probably makes perfect sense. It probably fixes everything. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know who wants to go first, but I have a whole bunch of grapes, as you can see, I've written down. Well, my grapes are, um, they're much shorter, I think. Do you want to do yours first? More, more generalized. Okay, well, my, my grapes with the movie, like, you know, I watched the documentary as well, which explained kind of the really mixed storytelling that was happening. I luckily caught it on TV, and it had commercials that I had to fast forward through. Hmm. Was I, when I was watching it, I kept having to rewind, because I was like, I think I missed something. But I didn't miss anything, I don't think. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah. So my biggest complaint is really not even really with the aliens, because even though the effects of the aliens were really terrible compared to even the first Aliens, which was made on such a smaller budget compared yeah. to this this movie. Do you actually remember the budget? I think it was eight million bucks for, for the for the first Alien. Uh, I think it was maybe thirteen million or something, but it made like a hundred and thirty million. It made ten times whatever it was. Pretty sure the first one was only eight mil. I could be wrong. Oh, I think I'm talking about aliens. Oh, aliens was more than that. Yeah, I think it was like twenty mil or maybe more. Whatever it was, it it made ten times the amount of money. Yeah. But do you remember how much the third one cost? Did you look it up? No, but it was high. It was fifty million dollars. I just looked it up this morning. Yeah, it's high. Yeah, the alien one budget was eleven million. Okay. Yeah. Um, Well, I find that more forgivable because you can tell that the budget was smaller. It's just everything was used better. Yeah. The sets were used better. Yeah. Uh, there was more reuse of sets, yeah. right? Um, Alien 2 was 18.5. Or, sorry, Aliens was 18.5. Right, and it made 180. I mean, to me, that's pretty incredible yeah. that Aliens was that budget. And then Alien 3 was 50 million. 50 million? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. When you said to me that, it, that it cost a lot, like, I thought, because I, I noticed that Sigourney had a, was a co-producer credit or yep. something like that yep. on the movie, mm-hmm. and I thought... Okay, so they were just having trouble greenlighting this thing, so the so the studio was like, let's make it for cheap and let's make a killing on it in the theater, right? Let's do it that way. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll have it, we'll we'll find an abandoned prison somewhere or an abandoned refinery somewhere, and we're gonna. Right. That's what I thought they did. Yeah. Until you said to me, "Oh no, this movie wasn't cheap at all. This was really like they burned a lot of money on this movie," and I was like, "What the hell? Like where?" I don't want to get too much into that because we're actually gonna dig into that. Um, <laughs> But that sequence of events that prompted, you know, the evacuation of the ship and then onto the planet, that seemed like that costed a bit of money. Yeah, not, not, sure. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. But at the same time, it looked like it was even some reuse of assets from the previous film, mm-hmm. which it probably should have been, really. 
Like, mm-hmm. hope, I'm hoping they didn't need to remake all this shit. Like the Sulaco, for example. Actually, maybe James Cameron, af- after having done t- uh, Aliens, he was like, no one's going to ride my coattails. And he burns it. everything. <laughs> you know? I haven't watched the Aliens documentary in quite a while, but I remember he had some pretty genius ways of making it look like the budget was a lot bigger. Like, for example, the room with all of the chambers, the sleep chambers, yeah. was actually a mirror halfway oh, through the room. Really? So it doubled the size of the room. Oh, that's smart. You could really tell that guy knew what he was doing to stretch that budget as humanly, as far as humanly possible. Yeah, and that's something that I actually thought was actually kind of important. Because, like, you know, James Cameron, he's got a very specific look. You see, like, Terminators and stuff like that. And he comes from, like, this very B-movie kind of uh, aesthetic that he loves. He just does it really, really well. Because I get it. Aliens 2 doesn't look like the first Aliens. But, like, the beginning scenes when she's, like, back on Earth and has to do all that, the, the legal court case, and she's, like, finding about about her daughter and is in the hospital, that does remind you of the aesthetic of the first Aliens. Everything kind of white, like these super big, bright, huge white light windows everywhere yeah. kind of thing. And I think that was really smart, and it was... It sort of tied it to the first movie, so it, you, it paid like homage to it. And it's one of my criticisms of Aliens Three is that you've taken like you ignore that aesthetic that's been um, established, and then you ignore James Cameron's aesthetic that's been established, which is also good and it's also blues and stuff like this. You ignore both of it and you just put it in this muddy brown, gross yeah. world the entire time from beginning to end. David Fincher pretty much from the documentary pretty much directed the the end product yeah the actual shooting it's just yeah. I think a lot of the planning and stuff was in the hands of another guy who then who sort of came well, up with the story apparently they were even filming like without script oh yeah right according to the documentary <laughs> they didn't even have a working script I mean they had like I guess an idea of what was supposed to happen yeah like I wonder where they, even the dialogue came from did they just make it up on the fly because I probably it, apparently but, like deadlines they had to I don't know David Venture disowns this film yeah, for sure. And he, he's, and really young. he's really young in that documentary. Like when he's yeah, he's very young. He made it, and then they were like, okay, let's stop. Let's see what we've got. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. they watch it, yeah. and then the studio would be like, oh, you gotta do... So there was like a lot of reshoots. Yeah, yeah. And they would reshoot stuff, and then, be, and then the studio would be like, let's see what you got. And like, no, we gotta have this. It's like, constantly, how do you work like that? That is crazy. That's yeah. insane. I think there's a line by one of the effects people or something in the documentary that says, we didn't rap. We just kind of gave up. <laughs> but I mean, like, there, clearly there kind of was roughly a story. And because it's not con- confusing, yeah. really, that, that you're just on this prison planet. Yeah. And then, you know, the alien is picking people off. Yeah. 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 It, it's all in the execution because this is to follow, but I'm rewriting it in a way yeah. that I think is more coherent, portrays the characters more accurately. Yeah. And makes the situations a little bit better helps the pacing a bit because I think the pacing in this movie is a, has a bit of a problem too later on. David um, Fincher didn't even edit this. Per the documentary, they <laughs> took like, a year. He did. They, he, <laughs> they, they were supposed to have, they were supposed to release this in 1992, I believe. Yeah. And it ended up in releasing in 93. It was, it was in editing one full year. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. That's crazy. Maybe we can move on to another grab if you were so. I mean, uh, uh, kind of an obvious one that I think everybody sort of gripes about is, you know, like just throwing away the characters of like Hicks and Newt so quickly yeah. in the beginning, you know, which I, I think I, I talk about a little bit later when I sort of come up with like my rewrite of Alien 3, what I think is to keep them along. But I think it would be better because it almost, you start off where Ripley, I don't know if this is her, her choice, but it's like she doesn't care about anything. Like and she's so tough and weary <laughs> From the very beginning, you know? Like, I get there's a little bit of, like, acting there with, like, uh, when they're, like, cremating the bodies and, like, you know, her realization that they're dead. But then it's very quickly yeah. done with. And she's like, oh. She just gets th- over it. Thanks for saying those nice words yeah. about my friends who I just yeah. went through this yeah. nightmare. My, my, my <laughs> newly adopted daughter who I... Oh, God, I don't want... Because I'm actually going to criticize it in, in my notes. But she is cryogenically frozen again, right? Like her brain's probably more. <laughs> well, that must be the only explanation because, yeah, yeah cryogenically uh, frozen, I was also thinking, like, it's really just a very short period of time from, from Ripley's perspective. She's just went to sleep after, like, going through all that stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, technically, the beginning of the first... Uh, of Aliens, of James Cameron's Aliens, granted, there's more time... But before she goes on from first alien adventure to the second alien, it might be adventure. like a month or two months or something. Because she says in that movie she was working on the docks. Right? Yeah, she she got a job. And it was like she the only a, job she could get. Right? It's the only job that she can get. But it's implied that it's not been that long. 
But at, at least James Cameron put it in so that she was like waking up from nightmares every night. Yeah. Like it, it had affected yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And now it's like not. <laughs> and, and, the, and the good thing, the reason it works in Aliens is because she goes to confront her fear. She goes to the aliens so that she can make peace with the fear that she, she incurred from the first alien. Right. 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 Experience. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's cathartic, right? Like she goes and she fights the aliens firsthand. And yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah. But at the same time, she takes her own, she makes her new dreams. She makes new, new nightmares probably. <laughs> yeah. uh, she makes new nightmares for herself. Um, yeah. That's why it kind of works in that movie is that here you have this person who's been far reduced in their capacity due to their terrible experience they've had. And also 57 years have passed. So it's like, what the hell could you do after 57 years? Like, because she was a pilot previously. Yeah, like, yeah. what the hell could she fly after that? But anyway, yeah. in this universe, that none of that really changes that much for sure. <laughs> great union. It's a great yeah. pilot union. Once you're a pilot, yeah, always a pilot. And the cockpit's always just kind of like you could just intuitively figure it out. Like, it's like riding a bike. Remember, she's like, um, there's that AV thing or whatever, that, that tr- whatever it is, that armored truck thing she drives around later. She just intuitively figures out how in to aliens. In aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because she's got a handle and, you know... But, the, she's but, like, yeah, I got but James it. Cameron, he, he was, you know, was smart enough to make a moment of that. There was that scene where she's like, well, what, what can you do? She's like, oh, I can drive that loader. I mean, it's dual purpose. One, because yeah. that loader thing is what fights, used to yeah. fight the alien at the end. But also it showed it's like, oh, I'm, I'm capable. I mean, I don't want to skip to the end, but I, if we were to blame someone, it's definitely, I guess, Fox. The studio. The, the studio yeah, that takes the blame. They're the ones that allowed all this to happen. <laughs> It could be salvaged. I think this could have been done well. Yeah. And I think I'm going to try to prove that it can be done well later on. Something you said before about the color palette, for example, that's a good point. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's so dreary and uncolorful and brown and like just desolate. Like you can have a world that's like that, but you have to counteract it with something. Yeah. I think I understand why that bothers me so much is because like the first alien works really well because the alien itself in its design and what it does, it's, it's like this disruptor and it's disrupting like this clean, nice space yeah. and sort of to the same effect with aliens too. You know, it's not that bad with this one because everything is so gross. It's like everything is like alien. So there's nothing to contrast with this thing that has uh, interfered. I want to point something out that actually proves your point. Um, in the extended edition, the facehugger that gets on the dog in the theatrical version gets on a cow instead. The thing is, when they're towing this dead cow in, at the end of the scene, and you can only see him really in silhouette, but he picks something up that's a facehugger. Hmm? He just picks it up matter-of-factly, like, what the hell is this thing? Which guy? The guy at the end? One of the inmates. Oh, the last guy the, alive. The facehuggers literally, they towed it in. They didn't even... Re- like, one of them literally must have picked it up, towed it into the facility, and then they hooked up the cow, right, which has the alien now inside of it, and then the guy's like picks up the face hugger from this platform with wheels, and he's like, "What the hell is this thing?" And I'm, to prove your point that everything is grungy in this world, everything's disgusting. The inmates are disgusting. The world's disgusting, and they don't even give a shit when they come across an alien. It's like no big thing to them. They pick up an alien, and they're, they're like, "What's this?" They will eat you know? it. They will eat it. Later. Yeah, they might even have ate it. Yeah. You know, like okay, they probably burned them out from the acid. Like, you know, do, do you think it's weird, like how quickly uh, Ripley was like? Are you attracted to me and like slept with the doctor? Yes. You can, like just met him. Oh, by the way, you like, don't, you don't see the space a long time. Yeah. She's like, I need some loving or something like that. You know, <laughs> so, I, it's been, it's been a long time. It's, it's really weird because it is a little bit out of place to be in a facility that's so disgusting. And then you have a sex scene, like where are they even having sex? Is it in the med lab? I think it's like, the med lab. Okay. They're having sex in the med lab. It looks disgusting in there, by the way. And, but the thing is, you could tell that they probably realize this later on because they're like, Okay, we can't actually show that we can imply a sex scene happened. They just cut to, they're lying in bed next to each other, fully clothed. That's not even very good pillow talk that yeah, happens after. Yeah, she talks about the, the, the barcode on his head. Yeah. But she's like, I've been in space a long time. You just went to sleep yeah. with your new daughter that you found. Yeah. yeah. And then you woke up. Yeah. And it's like, hey, maybe I should. Well, her maybe. I don't want to judge. Yeah. Her brain's <laughs> Shame yeah. Ripley, but... Yeah. Make some bad choices. But, some the, bad choices. but I don't know if you were going to mention this next, but for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, uh, I'm going to ruin this, but the doctor dies at one point. Yes. And Ripley seems to uh, wait for it. Not give a shit. <laughs> no. She doesn't care about anybody. And I actually don't understand why she's so guarded with that information about the aliens. Yeah. yeah. It's like she doesn't want to tell anybody about what she's gone through. I do think that there is some reasoning behind it, but I think they took it way too far. I think initially... She's in this facility, and she knows her history of telling people about the alien hell has not really gone all that well. And she's already pregnant right from the... 
can start, right? Yes, like but she doesn't realize it until. Oh, by the way, maybe that's the reason she's oh, making these decisions. The aliens the controlling it. it right? The like, aliens like, I want to see what it's like <laughs> being a human. Let's yell at Shayma. It's like piloting her from the inside. Those scenes were cut. Little yeah, alien. it's got little handles. Like an Iron Man kind of scene. It's, it's just, just like when Ripley's in the in the mech suit. Yeah, it's just like exactly. That. You um, killed my mama. That would have made more sense, uh, but I do think that she should be guarded initially. Like she doesn't know these people. They look like a bunch of fucking criminals because they are, they are criminals, right. Yeah. And also, it hasn't worked out well in the past. Her just telling people, "Oh, by the way, there's this alien thing that bursts out of your chest and it just kills everything." Yeah. That has not gone well for her. So I understand why initially she'd be guarding that information, but I do think that pretty early on when the doctor gets her trust, I mean, mm-hmm. they fucking sleep together. I mean, obviously she trusts the guy at one point, right? That you would think that she would... Immediately. Yeah. She yeah. would be like, I didn't want to tell you this before, but I got to admit this because I think there's something weird going on and it's really important that you understand this. And then she starts to regurgitate all this stuff about her experience with the aliens and what it's actually about and why they needed to do the autopsy on Newt right. to figure out whether or not there was something growing inside of her. That would have made more sense. But I think at one point they're like, listen, we just got to push the plot along. Like, yeah. But anyway, I think that, you know, if there's any more gripes you've got, I've got. I think. Ooh. <laughs> okay, so let's start. So this is this is more, I guess, granular than... Yeah. So this is more specific things scene by scene. Right. Okay. Let's start from the top. So, um, And this is based on the extended version. This is based on the extended okay. version, but so so let me know if it doesn't coincide with the theatrical version. Okay. So the first mistake they made, I'm going to be as ungenerous <laughs> as I want. Uh, the events of Alien 3 literally follow the events at the end of Alien 2. Mm-hmm. They're still on the same ship. They're on the Sulaco. And presumably they're headed back to Earth. I don't exactly know where. Yes, they were supposed to be heading back to Earth. It was just going to be a long trip. Big, long trip. Yeah. What happens at the end of Alien 2, just to refresh everyone's memory... They think they're safe when they escape the planet because uh, the terraforming station actually explodes. It's destroyed, but the, the queen alien comes with them. Mm-hmm. They don't know this. It actually hides in the undercarriage of the drop ship. And, you know, they're patting each other on the shoulders. And Bishop's like, we did it. Or I can't remember exact, his exact line, whatever. But they all feel like, oh, okay, finally we can rest. Oh, no, we can't rest. And so the, the queen alien... Uh, sticks her tail through Bishop and slices the motherfucker in half, right? Best. The best. Awesome shot. Uh, and then you see the unfolding of the Queen Alien as it comes out of the bottom of the ship, right? It's got four arms. It's got this giant, like, uh, triceratops-looking head-looking thing, yeah. and it's ready to rumble. And then we got the whole sequence where, you know, I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but, you know, like, Ripley gets in the mech suit thingy, beats the hell out of it, and then sends it into space. Can they survive in space? Alien? Don't ruin it for ideas that I haven't found. <laughs> Don't ruin it. Sorry. Because I'm going to use that. It's just so let's, yeah. She's let's, just like, as long as you're not let's, here, but you can go. Let's pose the question. Can aliens survive in space? Because actually it is implied in the first alien that they can. Because if you remember in the first alien, when they when Ripley flushes it out of the little escape pod, mm. and it like huddles into the thruster, and that's how she kills it, mm. it doesn't die due to asphyxiation, I don't. Right. I don't think it breathes, right? So it is surviving in space. And then what kills it is the is the thruster. It doesn't like fire. I'm gonna use that, so let's not delve too far. I think they don't like fire. Sort of. Uh, Or so we thought. I guess that's wrong. So I'm building up to something here. So that's the end of that movie. So the alien queen's only in the bay of the ship, and you don't see it carrying around alien eggs like little footballs in her hands, (laughs) right? You know, like she's gonna, you know, run to the end zone and then punt or whatever. Whatever you call them, like, that game. I went for a football egg. <laughs> football eggs. Like, she's, like, throwing it around the ship or whatever. No, she doesn't do any of that. She just unfolds herself, and she wants revenge. She doesn't get her revenge. She gets sucked out of the ship, and that's where she was in the ship. So, at the beginning of Alien 3, you actually see uh, an egg. All it's during the credits. All during the credits. Yeah. Opening credits. Right. So, it's stuck on a wall somewhere. Yeah. My presumption is that it's literally in the sleep lab. And I have no reason to believe that other than it seems to get to them pretty easily. One would think it was just stuck there. And my question is, how the hell did it get there? First, where'd the it's egg come from? It's like when you're playing Goldeneye and you're you're planting mines. Based on what we know about the aliens, I believe they can move the eggs around. I have no problem believing that. But something has to move it. And it's not the egg that moves itself. It's just an egg. <laughs> it would be great if legs did pop out. Yeah, legs just come out of the bottom and just go <laughs> like scurry. Yeah. 
Screw Warner Brothers cartoon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, per the previous films, it keeps bumping into the yeah, because it keeps bumping into yeah the the. <laughs> The, the survivors of these interactions with these aliens, because some of the people would die, but then some of the people would survive, but deliberately the aliens would take them, knit them into this like weird alien webbing, mm-hmm. and then they'd place an egg there. If they didn't place the egg there, the egg was already there. I'm not sure which it is, right? Whatever it is, it makes sense. Whatever it is, that makes more sense than what we're talking about now, yeah. where there's just miraculously, there's an egg on a wall really conveniently close to them. You don't know how the hell it got there, and it certainly doesn't hook up to anything that happened at the end of the events of the second second film yeah i'm gonna be generous i'm gonna say okay the queen alien she brought some eggs with her or whatever pooped she just out one more she pooped out one more even though she lost her whole you believe she lost her whole ability to do so uh, she yeah, ripped yeah, herself yeah. off of yeah, a friggin egg sack at the end which yeah. was gruesome but provides the point that holy shit she was really out for revenge because she's literally removing her ability to reproduce to get revenge that's pretty incredible yeah yeah, yeah. But I'm willing to accept, okay, maybe something dumb like they just wrote in that she carried some eggs off with her when she... Because you don't really see her up close when she's getting into the dropship. So, yeah, maybe she brought a couple eggs with her. She just stuck them, stuck them in there, whatever. Here's the problem that I have. You would think that Ripley and anyone else conscious at the time would be thinking in their head, okay, the queen alien got up here. That means that even up here we're not safe. What else got up here? Let's take a look around before we go to sleep. <laughs> when we're totally defenseless. Let's maybe take a peek around the ship. They don't have time for that, Chris. Uh, they don't have time. they got to get to sleep. Maybe, uh, really you know, they, they sent Hicks and he only has one eye. Looks good to me, guys. <laughs> he's only got one eye. Yeah. Actually, they bandaged the wrong eye. <laughs> so he's looking with the eye that's actually can't see it. Okay. I, I have a lot of... I wrote a lot of gripes about this whole egg thing. I, I don't even remember being that mad about it. Okay, so I want... Oh, 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 the next thing I want to discuss is actually the ship itself. How it handles the situation. So... Right. Fast forwarding, we learn through the weird corpse of Bishop that was reanimated for a little while by Ripley. She wanted to know were there any aliens on the ship. And for some reason, the corpse of Bishop would know that. So she plugs him back in and he talks about it and he admits that, yeah, there were aliens. And I'm just thinking, okay, so the ship knew that there were aliens on it. Yeah, he gets plugged into the flight recorder because he's the only thing that has vocal abilities yeah. <laughs> so she's like where oh, he has so she has to go find him in like trash oh, yeah so the yeah. ship itself is like it, it wants to communicate they're like there are aliens on the <laughs> ship but it the, can't yeah. it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's just blinking lights somewhere <laughs> on a panel yeah, and listening. with no one awake and able to read morse code the ship knew that there were aliens on itself yeah and presumably this ship is a little bit more sophisticated than the escape pod it would probably be able to sense just as well if not better like, it would have known that there was an egg there. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, it doesn't bother to wake anyone up and, and say, hey, Ripley, can you take care of this egg? It's so just. Peaceful. There's an egg on ship that really shouldn't be where it is and maybe shouldn't be there in the first place. It hatches. The facehugger sk- skitters around, breaks into uh, Ripley's actual chamber. sleep chamber. Yeah. Before I forget to mention, you would think. There's still the opening credits, by the way. Yeah, this is still the opening credit. So you would think, and you don't. We don't know if like damage that was done to the ship was done previous to that or post that. You're not really sure. It breaks into her pod. It sticks to her face. Pregnates her with the queen alien. And as this is, I guess, going on, or after this goes on, or during this, it does damage to the ship sufficient that the entire ship's like abandon ship, abandon ships. Right. There's some tiny little acid da- damage on some. Thing it, starts a, it starts a fire. It starts an actual fire. Yeah, it starts but a fire. I just really wish that they would have It'll visually illustrated it better. <laughs> the ship's enormous, so you would think that a little bit, little fire, like there'd be a sprinkler that went off and like t- try to take care of it. And if that didn't take care of it, then the then the next thing the ship would do would be like, okay, we need human intervention, so we'd wake people up from their hypersleep and alert, alert, uh, ship, uh, you know, in dangerous condition. Uh, yeah. You know, Emergency Protocol Alpha or whatever the fuck. Um, none of that happens. The ship just automatically goes, well, I guess we're fucked. And then just like <laughs> sends them to a different room that's an escape pod room or whatever. And then like disengages it. But though it knows there is an alien on the ship, protocol in this situation is just an abandoned ship. But also it happens to be done in just such a way as all the aliens can be brought with them. We know that another alien is born on the planet, which means there was another hit, facehugger with them. Right. Right. Even though the pods are going through some kind of mechanism, yeah. it was still not sophisticated enough to like excise any kind of thing that wasn't supposed to be there. Little facehugger was holding on to something. 
and it went in, and then it launched down with them, and then it got on a dog, and then a dog gave birth to an alien. So clearly, it survived right. and everything. Yeah, right? right. We're not to believe that it's the same face hugger doing all this damage. Yeah. Is it? Well, no, no. It, well, that's uh, okay. Unless they change the rules again, and face huggers can now continue to reproduce. They're supposed to die. They're supposed yeah. to die after one reproduction. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So there was not one egg. There was two eggs. At the, least. At least two eggs. <laughs> the one that, that impregnates Ripley and then presumably dies and we don't see where its body goes. And then one that hides as, as a stowaway with them comes down to the planet and then ends up impregnating a dog. It just seems like in, really stupid. Like the, the protocol on the ship is just incredibly stupid. <laughs> one egg, two and one egg. Oh, two and one. Okay, let's not. <laughs> okay. I'm the movie's advocate. <laughs> yeah. You're really trying to stretch things to make it like, uh, but, Maybe. but like at least like, even if the ship had no automated way of dealing with the aliens themselves, just wake people up. Yeah. Yeah. Alarm. Rip, Alarm. Yeah. Ripley was like, computer, if you find aliens on this ship, which we just defeated, but there was a queen alien on this ship, wake us the fuck up, please. Thank you. <laughs> you know, accept protocol, whatever. And then the ship's like, gotcha. And then it's scanning and like, it's finding aliens everywhere. And it's like. I'm putting a lot of pressure on Ripley. You're right. You said she's 60 years old in terms of It'd be great if, like, technology. It's just her and Newt. It's like, this ship is uh, voice activated, right? And it's like, yeah, I think so. Ship, will you wake us up? Does that mean yes? I think so. Huh? Well, here's another thing, too. They're in their escape pod. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's conveniently there. Okay, so they were on their way back to Earth. Yeah. They get attacked in by these aliens, and it happens to coincide with the ship just passing, like, very close to the atmosphere of a planet. Like, actually, being that close to the planet itself is probably dumb, because the gravitational pull of the planet would probably be interfering with the ship. But anyway, whatever. I digress. If the wreckage happened before, could it have launched them a totally different... Wait. Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know if the, if the if yeah. The, I mean, in all likelihood, they should have just been floating in space, like yeah, just yeah. forever. And right. my problem is, it's too many co- plot community yes. things yes. that just yes. all happen in a row. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah. to follow up from this, okay. So <laughs> they get jettisoned. They're falling into the atmosphere now. Because when I was younger, I watched this movie, and I didn't. I don't remember there being a problem with this, right? Right. And it could just be I am not recollecting correctly, or. I didn't give a shit or whatever. Yeah, but it didn't occur to me. The but the escape pods falling through the atmosphere. And I'm watching the movie and I'm like, okay, it's falling through the atmosphere. Okay, so start the burners or uh, engage parachute. Engage. <laughs> What's what? And it just crashes into the water, like at the speed of, like that gravity can pull it into the atmosphere. And I'm thinking, they're dead. Everything in there is soup. Oh, that makes sense. Then everything's a dream. Okay, fixed it. <laughs> but what they could have done is they could have shown it inside of the cab right. of the, of the part is. itself. And if right. that's the case, you just need a camera shake. Yeah, you just yeah. need a camera. So it's like it's like beginning to correct, and then they show from the inside, and you hear like the thrusters go, pss, 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 and then, yeah, and it slowly comes down. But maybe it doesn't quite come down well enough, and it like crashes a little bit. Yeah. So you still get that nice crash, but it's not falling out of the fucking atmosphere. <laughs> Just sell it. Come on, sell it to me. Don't, don't make bit. it look like it's don't just a bit, rock yeah. tumbling through the atmosphere. That's stupid. Bit, yeah. They didn't even try. The, plas- the Okay, so this is another thing I pointed out to you. So the planet also seems to be conveniently have Earth-like conditions. But it is actually gets really cold, apparently at night or for sure. an entire season or whatever 40 it is. Degree, 40 degree. But, but we see them outside. And they're yeah. breathing outside. Yeah. And they're not even wearing that much. Like, it's not yeah. like they're wearing like a giant, you know, like... Uh, outfit you'd see someone wearing in the North Pole or something like that. Yeah, just I think this is like, like uh, again, inconsistencies with the script writing phase because yeah. that beginning stuff was that and then it's later in the movie where yeah. I think the idea of them going outside is like, I'm not going outside, minus 40 degrees. Yeah, minus 40, it's like, okay, because we see liquid water. I mean, even the ticks would die in minus 40 degrees. Like, And they say they're ticks. Yeah. They don't say they're alien ticks. They say they're ticks. <laughs> the issue is not so much that. It's when you contrast it with the planet they were just on in the previous movie. Being colonized willingly by humans, and it was being terraformed. That's the, the business. Yeah. That's and that business. planet was a shithole, because if you remember from the first movie, it's the same yeah. planet, right? LV-426. Yep. It's a rocky wasteland. And again, you don't even need to know much about what it takes to terraform a planet. It takes a very long time, and it takes technologies we're not even close to, and at an expense that would be fucking horrendous. Yet, they have this planet that is a 
prison planet that has a breathable atmosphere that only has prisoners on it. Kind of dumb. But yeah, I mean, like, 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 I like that Cameron put that effort into even showing like some of the terraforming take, taking place. Like it's yeah. like these crazy thunderstorms and it's really yeah. windy and stuff like that. And yeah. it seems like, you know, like a, like a, a mining colony and it mm-hmm. does seem kind of industrious. Yeah. It, it doesn't, yeah, you're right. It doesn't make sense for a whole planet and you plunk like a dozen prisoners. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It seems like a very corporate thing to do though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, this whole planet. We're not planet. <laughs> You want somewhere to live? No, we need it to be mined prisoners. You don't have to pay them. I mean, that is always an issue, even like in, in, in well thought out um, sci-fi, like Star Trek and things where it's like, you go to a planet, it's like, they're just in one spot of the planet. It's an entire planet, but they're like, no, this is what the planet's like yeah. in this one spot we've landed <laughs> yeah. in. Everything important you need to know about this planet is in this one spot. That's true. You know, That's it's true. kind of silly. But anyway. Next right. Magical realism. Ripley is... I get. I don't know. She's thrown. From, the, the thing is, when the pod crashes, they actually find her. Uh, tell me if this is also in the theatrical version, but they actually find her on the beach, where the doctor does specifically finds finds her on the beach. I can't remember actually. She's separate from the pod, so I don't mm. even know how she gets out of the pod. Mm. Like you would think that the door would still be closed on the pod, right? But it wasn't. It was open, and she. Oh, maybe she crawled out, and we just didn't see that part. I don't the, know. The face hugger must have dragged her onto the beach. To protect the queen baby inside her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With its last With the, alien yeah, breath, yeah. it pulled her onto yeah, the beach and then exactly. it died and got swept away by the waves. Um, <laughs> well, but, like cartoon like, when it smashes right in, she goes, flies right out a window. Okay, so what happens directly after that is she basically wakes up in the medical bay. Yeah. And the doctor is there attending her. You know, the first thing she asks pretty much, I think, is like, what about the girl or what about yeah, the yeah, people yeah. I was with? Yeah. And he's like, you were the only survivor. My issue with that is that in that specific scenario, I can understand why someone who hears tremendously bad news, they don't process it right away. You know what I mean? So you're kind of in shock. The problem is the acting doesn't play like she's in shock. Mm. It plays like she's processing it. She's saddened by it, but it, it still seems like, to me, it's like she's way clo- too close to indifferent about the yeah. situation. Like, yeah. she's just not sad enough about it. I didn't buy it. I was yeah. just like, you went through all this, you have this new adopted daughter, you have this guy who's this big hunky guy who's like, you fall in love with maybe. Uh, and then you got Bishop who, like, you hated you hated synthetic people before, but you kind of like him now. Yeah, he's he's yeah. a cool dude. I know. All that work. And they're dead. They're gone. They're wiped out by this little mistake of your ship being a dumbass and just like <laughs> shooting you out into a, an escape pod without even your say. You yeah. just, but Does that mean the ship is still floating around up there? That actually, I think they should have woven into it. I think yeah. actually what they should have done was the ship should have lost its control and got caught in the gravity well of the planet and then mm. crashed on the planet. Right, right. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Uh, but no, of course, the, the ship's just gone. The ship went to Earth. <laughs> the ship's reporting it's full of eggs yeah it's full of eggs <laughs> that's what the face did actually like, eject the humans yeah have to keep the eggs yeah right do not open on each egg Hatchimals. Hatchimals. so in the theatrical version do we see the dog actually get taken over by the, uh, the face Yeah, it's all do. done in kind of like weird, um, like half camera hidden behind things. And it's yeah. really poorly done. Yeah. So some of the dead dog stuff looks good. It, I, it must have been cut together with sh- shots that were done like in the reshoots. Because when it comes out, it really looks like someone like jiggling a little rubber toy that's sort of like covered in blood a little bit. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like the alien sort of <laughs> coming out of this dog. It looks really bad. I oh, mean, man. it's it's quite shocking. <laughs> so in the extended version, it's actually, it comes out of a cow, not a dog. And I actually think the sequence is pretty good with the exception of the fact that they discover the face hugger and they don't know what it is. And I mentioned like in the extended edition, you have an inmate that's literally holding it up. Like, what yeah. the hell is this thing? This is the weirdest looking sh- shrimp or, you know, like a <laughs> crayfish I've ever seen or whatever. You know? Or that's what they've been exporting this whole time to Earth. <laughs> Is that what they were doing? Were they exporting no, things on that? Because it, it was it was kind of like a, a, a mining facility or, or some kind of yeah. uh, lead processing. Yeah, they were processing lead. What? I, it, even that is kind of stupid because if they were... Because lead is not worth very much. 
Right. So they're processing yeah, light to take it off planet, presumably. Right. And there's like 12 of them. There's like 12 yeah. prisoners. And they've got like these giant vats of like molten Maybe you've been there for a while and yeah. there are only 12 now. <laughs> uh, there's not, this facility's automated. What else can we put here? No, a bunch of prisoners, I guess, can just, just stick guys. them in here. Yeah. Why not? Is there, there's some kind of uh, exposition about that where uh, they're talking about like, do you remember the reason they left? But then a bunch of them just wanted to stay behind. And they're like, okay, yeah. You can stay behind and continue to to keep this plant, this little plant working, mm. this facility, something like that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it does seem kind of silly. And the, and the thing is, too, they're processing lead. Lead, I don't think, is worth that much. So I would have liked it better if it was like something valuable, like gold or something, like yeah. or platinum or yeah. rare jewels or something, something or water even. It's a water uh, purifying plant or something like that, and then they take the water off world. But even that would be kind of silly because you know maybe mining all, asteroids for that shit. It was all just a ruse for these prisoners. They weren't really doing anything <laughs> of any value. Nobody cared. They just left them there. Maybe that might be uh, one of the things that kind of got lost in the shuffle with the two different ideas because the, the first idea wasn't supposed to be a prison planet yeah it was supposed to be like a monastery planet <laughs> yeah and it's supposed to be like a bunch of like like franciscan monks basically yeah. on this planet which they keep because they sort of have these yeah the, the prisoners in, in this belief system they got religious they, they got religious yeah you know which you can sort of buy but i, I guess the studio really pushed in was like oh no it should be like a movie alcatraz yeah. they wanted it to be like an alien in Alcatraz. I do like the monks idea. I, I think yeah. I like the monks idea. I like the, yeah, I would have leanned into that yeah. more so. Banana Ripley couldn't. And it would also make sense why they wouldn't want her because, like, these monks have all uh, chosen a life of celibacy or whatever. Right, right. right. And so they don't want any women around. But so that hair would be, like, a real conflict when she's yeah. like, hey, you feeling hot and heavy? Yeah, I mean, they, like, they, they can't, but yes. Yeah, they could have leaned more into that. That seems uh, actually more dynamic than what you got. It's just a, like, terrible people that you don't care about. You know what I mean? Okay, this is a good one. I think this is a very good one. So why, after having been warned many times about the murderous and rapist inmate population, both implicitly and explicitly, does Ripley just wander around the facility? She just joins them in the commissary and sits down. She's yeah. like, wow, this must be uncomfortable for you guys. It's a really weird choice. Like, even if it is like, oh, like like a nihilism for her, almost like, yeah, everyone I care about is dead. It's tough luck, yeah. you know what I mean? It's really but, a terrible place to put a character if you want like an audience to care about them at all. Yeah, yeah. From the beginning of the film, she's like yeah. this. She's she's exactly like this. And I know in the documentary, she said like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad that Ripley, Ripley is like this aloof character, right? She she complains about other people the way that they wrote for Ripley as being like this person who comes in is like swearing and stuff like this. And it's really tough, and she preferred that it be more aloof. But it's to the point where it comes across as being like doesn't care about anything and very nihilistic yeah. and it's, it's but it's you don't and then the audience doesn't care ripley as a nihilistic character is already a problem yeah because you've got prison inmates they're all rapists and murderers and none of them are particularly likable you got a doctor with almost no dimension to him he doesn't really care about anybody either and you've got the warden and his motives are pretty opaque throughout the entire film but that, that's why I, I really only uh, uh cared about um the preacher because he had a concern to keep his yeah. men alive. Yeah. No one else did. He was certainly the most consistent character, yeah, I would yeah, say, yeah, in the yeah, entire yeah. thing. He was the most consistent. And the screen time that he did get, he made good, pretty good use of. So next is something that we talked about before, but just to get a sense of the chronology of this. I get that Ripley learned from her past, warning people about the threat of the alien hasn't worked out very well. But she seems to have built a rapport with the Doctor, yet she is reluctant to mention the alien threat to him. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so at this point in the movie, this is when I would be like, okay, time to spill the beans. Yeah. You know, like, the doctor's on your side now. Even if she's like, uh, this is a little bit fishy. I'm thinking something could have come down with us. Yeah. It really would have been at this point that she would have given, spilled the beans to the doctor. Because yeah. really the doctor has done nothing to contradict the fact that he's a trustworthy character for her anyway. Right, right. And if you think about it too, if she is so nihilistic, what does she have to lose? Yeah. What the fuck does she care what they think? Yeah, exactly. Like, she might as well, like, if she has one inkling, like, just a little bit of caring in her left, she's going to tell someone. Yeah. She didn't do that, and I don't, I think that is another thing that betrays her character. I guess I, I can say, at this point, I'm very disappointed in how they've treated 
how they've written her character and how she's been acted at this point. Mm -hmm. She's not acting how Ripley would actually act. She would be very sorrowful. She'd be suffering from some kind of PTSD, like really severe. She'd be incredibly shell-shocked by this entire situation, right? Right. She'd probably lock herself into a room and huddle into a, in a ball and probably be pissing herself or something like that. And maybe because she's a strong character at her core, maybe she can struggle to get back to some semblance of what she used to be. This version of Ripley is like, quasi indifferent and but she's not because she does care because she's clearly bothered by the situation she's in but how she deals with it she deals with it in a situation no human would deal with it yeah, yeah. it's very inhuman the way she, she she's acts. supposed to be like like an engineer scientific and a resourceful character that's yeah. what keeps her alive in the first two movies yeah. and in this beginning yeah maybe it's not necessarily like the alien problem that she starts with at the beginning of the movie but she's got like this crash problem to like what, why wouldn't she at the very beginning start looking for why did i crash and looking for like well how do i get off this planet yeah. you know something like yeah. already she's just like yeah, shave my head and you take a shower and just hang out and become sir alien pregnancy really, really, <laughs> really it's the only her. reason messing with her hormones yeah like uh, first of all if they had implied that anywhere in the movie that it was that that would have been better for sure. and it would have been even better if they didn't need to make that up yeah. Which is, it was in the other movies. That is not even far-fetched. There are parasites that you can get. I think insects usually behavior. get them. They yeah, they alter, alter your behavior. brain. For sure, right? yeah. yeah. So it's not even that hard to believe. The problem is, there's no precedent for that. It's never been mentioned or implied in any of the previous movies, and it's not even mentioned or implied in this movie. Yeah. So you can't just shoehorn that in. But if they had shoehorned it in, it still would have been a better explanation for Ripley's character deviation um, than what they actually did was just turn her into some weirdo like that just doesn't even make sense and doesn't act like a normal human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so to fill the hole in her heart, it does make sense that Ripley gravitate to the doctor, but it also happens so calmly. There is no sense of urgency or emotional vulnerability in Ripley. She should be suffering from multiple levels of PTSD at this point. So my issue is like, I get the doctor, you know, she's growing close to the doctor and under normal circumstances where you're dealing with two healthy people, their natural gravitation to one another make, would make sense on a basic human level. But she's a like, person who's gone through such incredible trauma. At one point, she's just like, hey, you want to fuck or whatever? <laughs> and I'm just like, Basically, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, you, First of all, Hicks barely died. Like, he, just, he just died like a day ago or something. And you're already fucking this guy? Like, he was supposed to be your love interest, and now you're just like, eh, whatever, you know, he's dead anyway. She just went to sleep and just woke up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One like, night for her. This is one day. It's, again, another betrayal of where she should be at mentally, and it's another betrayal of her character. Like, all the things right. that she's built up. Like, it's like saying her past relationships with the other people didn't really mean anything. This is So this is the scene where he's talking with the warden. Weird things have already happened at this point. Right, so yeah. the guy died in the in the fan. air exchanger fan thingy. Yeah. Then there's the appearance of Ripley, and this. So you would think this would conjure some issues with the doctor that he maybe want to confer with the warden about. Maybe there's something more going on here than what it seems. Does anyone yeah. ever accuse Ripley of of doing any of these things? No, not Ripley. No, which really would have been much more interesting if right. they just thought because that she was like, murdering you people. Came here. Yeah, because it's Ooh. like you just got here. Man, that's Sorry. another dimension. That's such Actually, moving already. That's another dimension where, what if she was acting psychotically? She's losing her mind. Right. And they don't put her in a straitjacket at first or whatever. So she's just wandering around, right? Yeah. And she's doing weird stuff. And maybe, yeah, that would have been an interesting wrinkle. If initially the warden wanted to blame Ripley, like, there's no foreign invader or whatever it is you're hypothesizing. Like, look at that crazy lady. Yeah. And then they... just got... And then it isn't until they detain her, but then all these things still happen. Yeah, right. So like, oh, okay. Right. It would have been... And it's, it's her trying to convince them to let her go so that she can exactly. fight this thing. Yeah. She's the only one that knows. <laughs> oh, God. That, 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 that is a lot better than, than what they did. Yeah. It's about... Oh, man. It's so frustrating because it is like... You spent a lot of time on this movie, but it is... If you just build, like, rules in the world properly, yeah, you don't even really... Just, if your script isn't perfect, it doesn't really matter because... People would react appropriately in the environment, and right? everything would still make like logical sense, anyways. Yeah. Or like you would never question motivations or like why things are the way they are because you'd set them that way. Yeah. Oh well. Next well. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, movies. <laughs> oh well, movies. Well, and then at the same time, you're like, oh, 92, uh, 93. What was going on around then? Did people know about this stuff before? I mean, there are people 
whose job it was to think of all this stuff and uh, considering what we've heard about like how important the studio felt this movie was you would think there would be a lot of people like more money more problems making, making up that making up that stuff trying to think of an appropriate story but it's just about setting up uh dynamics you know you got to set up like this character's wants versus this character's wants and there was like nothing. yeah and, and the characters need a, a decent arc too how does Ripley get her groove back? You know what I mean? Like, she comes yeah. down the planet, everyone she ever loved dies, she loses her mind, she gets blamed for a murder, yeah. she gets locked up, right? See, this is a much better, better wrinkle. And then she wins them back. So yeah. that's her arc. At one point, she gets her sanity back, basically. Yeah. And they, they let her loose, because more people are dying, they're like, well, it couldn't have been her. And then she's like, you're not going to believe this, this is going to sound crazy, but there's these alien things that burst out of your chest, etc., etc. Yeah. And at first, they still don't believe it. They're just like, listen, it's just some psycho running around. All right, we won't, we'll take you out of the straitjacket, but you're still clearly crazy. But then some weirder shit happens, like people start showing up with like weird holes in their foreheads and like they're decapitated and they're clearly slaughtered in a way no human could, could yeah. do it. And they're just like, the evidence is clear. Like there's, this woman has to be telling the truth. This has to be the situation we're in. But by then, she's kind of gotten over... It a bit she's reached herself it, some version of her past self that she used to be she's kind of like grabbed back onto it she's becoming that person again right the person the kind of take charge kind of person the industrious person yeah the person that is the survivor it's almost like you could say it's her subconscious knows that if she doesn't take action she's going to die yeah and so her subconscious like trying to fight with her conscious mind and they're they're battling it out and then finally her original form starts to come through again see that would have been a much better arc for the character and it would have made more sense in terms of the plot of the film. And it would have been a lot more interesting because that would have been a, a situation Ripley has never been in. Again, going back to the documentary, they were worried like, we don't want to rehash old ideas. Yeah. Well, that could have been a great way to not have to rehash old ideas. Is yeah. Ripley could have been believed to be the enemy, believed to be the yeah, alien. Believed basically. to be the alien. That, yeah. That's an amazing spin on it. Yeah. And even if you just like during that time of her being uh, locked up or being suspected, that you get to know and start to care about some of these other characters and prisoners. And then it gives you a reason to be like, guys, you got to listen to, to Ripley or else you're all going to die. Right now, this, this, in this movie, you have cares. zero stakes because you don't care about any of these characters. Well, yeah. you care a little bit about, for me, a little bit about the creature. So yeah, there's at one point in the film, this also seems like it's a choice they made out of necessity because they wanted one alien to be able to survive. Because they already set the precedent in aliens that if you have sufficient weaponry, you can kill them. They introduced the idea that this prison, with mm -hmm. prisoners in it, with mm -hmm. inmates in it that are very dangerous, has no weapons in it. Right. It's not even the fucking warden. The warden's not even a criminal. He has no emergency weapon. There's no like emergency lockup that he goes to and he's got a secret key that opens up and there's a bunch of shotguns or whatever. Right. No, he's got no fucking weapons. And I think his exact words is, they have the honor system. And I'm just thinking, okay, these criminals are the worst. They're so bad, they need another planet for them. The warden has no weapons. If they wanted to revolt and like just take the prison, they yeah. could have done it. Doesn't even make sense. Like the warden's role and how he acts doesn't even really make sense. Right. Because he's not a criminal. His assistant is, is not a criminal either. I mean, they've got this really shitty job, granted. But they must get paid pretty well. You know? And and, and even the, I think the assistant, I don't know if this is in the theatrical version, but in the extended cut, he actually says, like, you know, I've got a wife and kids. And yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm almost done here. I'm supposed to go back. I'm supposed to go here. back. So, yeah. like, clearly he did this, and he didn't want to do this, but maybe yeah. it pays really well, and uh, maybe he owed some money. I don't know. He didn't get yeah. into it. That was a glimmer of likability, though. A glimmer yeah. of maybe I might care about that character. Yeah, no, he's dead. Oh, by the way, what happens? Do you remember what happens to him at the end? Let's fast forward just a little bit. All the scientists come in. Yep. And then he he gets shot, but he's trying to hit Bishop? No. He doesn't get shot first. He has a change of heart. Inexplicably, by the way. So he's helping the scientists. He's like, oh, she's right over here. He, right? Believe, he doesn't believe the scientists are bad. He yeah. believes they're going to come and save them. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But once once he learns, and it's not, by the way, through anything Bishop said, because Bishop's lying through his teeth. Right? Yeah, and this he's is still, a, he's still saying good things. Yeah, he's, he's still saying all good things. He's not like, oh, we're gonna when we get you back to the lab, uh, Ripley, we're gonna tear you apart, right? No, no. <laughs> he doesn't say any of that. He's he's trying to placate her. He acts totally insane all of a sudden and attacks a guy he knows prote is protected and has to know that if he attacks this guy, it means his death. Yeah, he has to know that, yeah. and he does it anyway. It's it's totally pointless death. Yeah, he would have survived probably. He would have been just fine. Like you should have kept yeah, him alive. You really should have kept him. Ripley would have jumped into the vat, been dead, and he would have been like, well, shit, I guess you guys aren't getting what you want out of this. Okay, uh, I'll. so do you want me on the ship now? <laughs> you just want to walk on their ship and just like they would have taken him home. 
like maybe they would have kept him alive just because of his knowledge because yeah. none of them have ever interfaced with a live alien and he's actually seen it moving it's not like they don't have anything I mean the alien that got the vat of lead liquid lead on it it did survive enough to come out until it got cooled and then it exploded all those bits of the alien are still around <laughs> yeah do, do you, you remember that bit right where it was like oh he's still alive hit the sprinkler so it would kill that was so funny because I never noticed this in the first time I watched this movie years ago but in watching it like the other time that is because earlier in a scene there's a metal pail that it gets really hot and then they hit the sprinklers or some kind of rain and that metal pail cracks and it's just for the audience no characters see this yeah yeah. But it's just for the audience to think, ah, when hot metal cools, it cracks. Yeah. So that they can do this alien yeah. scene at the end of like, like the bucket. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Like the bucket that no one saw. That no one saw. For the audience. <laughs> and the audience even forgot. Yeah, the audience even forgot. I'd like to point out that Ripley was impregnated first. Okay. She was impregnated when she was still on the Sulaco, I think. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, must have been. And the dog that gets impregnated is impregnated actually a fair bit after, at least a couple of hours, if not a day after. But it gets birth first, and not by a little bit, by a lot. Now, my explanation is it's a queen alien, and so the developmental stages take longer or something like that because it's a more sophisticated alien. Okay, fine. But that needed to be alluded to. When Ripley finally goes and scans herself to find that she has an alien inside of her, maybe Mm -hmm. she notices it's a queen, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe she's like... This alien is different somehow. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Why? Do, how do, how do they explain? Dogs. <laughs> yeah, maybe just dog physiology is faster. Only lived seven years. How did they say that it was a queen? She never really knew, but I think she hypothesized because the other alien wasn't killing her, right? Yeah. Because the dog was infected second and gave birth way before her, right? Yeah. Like it's not even. It's like a pretty small span of time. The, the dog actually is gets a thing on its face and then gives birth to this thing. It's actually a pretty small span of time. And I would believe that correlates much better to what it was like in the previous movies yeah. versus her, where she's like walking around with this thing for quite a while. Yeah, she, she's just better at holding it in. <laughs> One other issue um, that I have is the motivations of the alien. Right. So what the alien's exactly doing once it's born and moving around the facility? Who, who it's killing there and why? Yeah. On a surface level, the average watcher would be like, who gives a shit, it's an alien, it's just going to kill indiscriminately, pretty much. What is the difference? Well, in the first movie, it kind of worked because the alien pops into existence only partway through the movie. And at that point, the alien is brand new to them. They don't know anything about it. The audience doesn't know anything about it. Everything it's doing is happening for the very first time. So it can do things that don't quite make sense, and it would still be okay within the storytelling of the film and it's ambiguous too you don't know if it's killing people offensively or defensively you don't quite know right it's not eating them yeah it's not going out of its way to kill people necessarily until it becomes kind of more like that at the end but in the beginning you know like they deliberately try to kill it they're trying to destroy it you know with there's you know the ship captain goes down the the corridors like and tries to kill it with fire yeah it sees him as a threat kills him um the guy he's in that part of the ship where there's water dripping down and then uh, what's his face is like washing his face in the water it, it might have been the case that the, the alien was there and yeah. it got a little bit fearful right. of this presence of this human who was in its personal space and ended up killing him had he not even entered that room who knows maybe it wouldn't have killed any yeah. of them right? I mean it's a confined space it's a spaceship yeah. it's acting in a way that it's believably animalistic uh, you know it's got a fight or flight instinct it's killing people in a way that's story-drivenly organic. Uh, story-drivenly? Anyway, all the way till the end, and then it becomes a bit more murderous, and then even then it still doesn't, because if you remember right at the end, it's hiding in plain sight, pretty much. When Ripley's in the skate pod with it, mm-hmm. it's sleeping, and it doesn't want to even kill her. Yeah. Right? It doesn't think to. And again, I think it's because it's like expended a certain amount of energy and now it's like, oh, it's sleep time now. Mm -hmm. And it's an animal. It's not like just a killing machine. It's governed by things that are different than humans, but it's still relatable as a creature. But in this movie, based on its attack patterns, I couldn't figure out what the hell it was doing. Are these people just happen to be near it? You can't tell if he's, if it's like, it's actually actively trying to hunt them Mm -hmm. or if it's just so happens to be there and it's afraid or it just... Like, well, there's a target, so I guess I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, Type yeah. of thing. Um, but where it becomes really relevant to me is not at the very beginning when, when it's in the, the air tunnel thingy. Sorry, I just Someone have an idea. I wish it would have been cooler. <laughs> okay. When she's, when she's getting attacked. 
because she's pregnant at this point, what helps her is like the alien attacks the other guys. Uh, because oh, it's pre- because it's protecting its baby. Uh, or, like, that's oh, so much that's better genius. Yeah, because there is the rape, the the almost raped scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Where where the preacher, and actually, it makes less sense that the preacher would do it to tell you the truth. He beats them with a crowbar. Yeah, because they're not uh, following the religion. But I think it makes even more sense for the alien to be protecting her. For sure. And And even even if the preacher came in to be like, hey guys, what are you doing? And then the alien attacks, he can still leave unscathed. Like, for whatever reason, they get away. Yeah. But then it's... Kills those guys. That's so much better. That's amazing. How about this? Let me me just throw a little illustration in there to to show how it could work where you don't give everything up. Because the problem with this idea is that you would be showing the alien, right? But what if you didn't show the alien? What if they're attacking her and like they're cutting her clothes, trying to cut her clothes off, and then there's like a there's a vent nearby, and through the vent, the one guy's like the main uh, abuser. He gets yanked right out of the scene yeah. through the vent, yeah. and he screams, and then the screams echo, and he's just gone. Yeah, and everyone else is like, "What the?" F-? And yeah. even Ripley's like, Ugh. and and the other guys are like. We were in a raping mood, but now we're not. I don't know what the what the fuck happened. You know, the guy's gone and he's dead. Like it still would have been kind of ambiguous, to, not to us because we know that it's yeah. the alien, right? Yeah. But to yeah. them, they don't know what the hell happened, right? Then that's when the preacher shows up, mm. and then he stands in between them and her, and she's like, and he's like, "Why is everyone so shaken up?" Yeah. That would have been, I think, a much better way to have that situation play out. Yeah, right? and builds up the tension of because the first two movies. It is. It's all about the tension of like this alien coming. No one cares in the way that Aliens 3 does. We actually see the alien quite a bit. Yeah. I think that's a mistake. I think, again, they could have saved on budget by just not showing the alien and implying the alien. Budget didn't go into the alien. I mean, yeah. if you saw the alien in this in this movie, it's really terrible. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's it, And the funny thing is, like, and we were talking about this before, because they seem to be using some kind of mechanical control, like, like a puppet. Yeah through some of it, but it's so bad you think it's CG. Um, oh yeah, we weren't done talking about the motivations of the alien. So the reason I bring this up is because the alien enters the infirmary at one point and kills the doctor. Again, Ripley is in this new place and there are like these people that could be considered threats to her regardless of whether or not they really are. And yeah. it is going around to try and just like killing I think it's too ambiguous, that's the thing. It's yeah. too all over the place. It's yeah. just killing everyone everywhere. Right? We're giving the movie some credit there by yeah. saying that that was yeah. its intention. If, it, if, if the Doctor, actually, you know what? If the Doctor was the first to die, even though I think that structurally that fucks the movie up even more because, of course, the Doctor is one of the few characters you even care about, killing him, like, or killing anyone who happens to be around her. So there was even that weirdo guy who happened to be locked up in the, in the med, med bay with her with a straitjacket on, wherever right. it was. It probably should have killed him, too. Yeah. It should have killed everyone in that room yeah. who happened to be near her. And then the audience and Ripley could have made the causal connection. I'm the only one not dying here, and it's not like there is a lack of opportunity. It would have made the, the alien's choices seemingly more sane right, yeah. and more driven by something instead of just randomly killing people. Because yeah. with Ripley wanting to scan herself, what, what was the prompt for her to do that again? Like, that was the first time when she's face-to-face with the alien and it doesn't kill her and she becomes suspicious. Yeah. But it is until, like, a a bunch of them are dying. Is there another moment where she could have been killed by the alien but doesn't? No, I think because right after that she pretty much hypothesizes, oh, it's not going to kill me because I'm carrying something it cares about or something. And she tells that information to them. It's like, it's not going to kill me. And they don't really use that. Yeah. That very effective tool for fighting an alien. Like, okay, why don't you go in there? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> deal with it. Yeah. Via the precedent set in the first film, a lone alien attacks people that are alone themselves. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, this alien decides to kill the warden when he's in a room populated by all the inmates. <laughs> like everyone's there. That's when the alien decides to attack to let everyone know, hi guys, yeah, I'm a murderous alien. You're next. Oh, it's a dumb dog alien, though. That's true. Dumb <laughs> dog alien. That only knows basic loyalty, so, sit, stay. Yeah, and then how much time has passed? So it has grown, like, I guess. But yeah, definitely by the time it kills the doctor, it's full grown because it's way bigger than a human. It's like eight feet tall at that point. But again, the, the alien seems to be doing stupid shit that doesn't make any sense. It's not doing even what an animal would do. And it's not doing stuff that seems to be traced back to the idea that it's protecting Ripley in any way. It's just yeah. killing people randomly. The next problem is, even though previously we saw these inmates don't, they're not the most competent crew. Yeah. That all changes. 
Ben and Misfits becomes competent yeah. for some reason, yeah. and manage to work well together with Ripley in charge. While the alien decides not to attack, well, they're setting up a trap. <laughs> Ripley's like, if tradi tradition's anything to go by, this whole fire thing seems to work well against aliens. Let's do that. Let's go with that. Yeah. And so they set up this elaborate thing that's not explained to the audience yeah. in any way. And they just slick all these halls with this... These drums of chemicals that drum, they happen to have. Yeah, yeah, drums of chemicals that are highly flammable, I guess. And also, one of the inmates is given, one or many of the inmates are, are given a way to light it on fire. Right. The alien attacks before they can complete the trap. And a bunch of them die via their own trap. <laughs> yeah. At one point, they're all more concerned with being killed by the trap they set by the fire <laughs> than by the alien. One of them, I guess, gets attacked by the alien, as anyone would see coming a mile away, right. before they're finished the trap. And the guy happened to be the one who had a cigar or some kind of lighting device. It was a, a flare that he's holding in his mouth, and then yeah. he drops it. These are idiots and convicts. They barely get along with each other. You expect so you gave one of them a flare, yeah. that's going to light the whole fucking place on fire. Everyone is in there still. So if one of these fucking guys screws up, that means they're all dead, burnt to a fucking cinder. Well, these guys, you know, the second death, the first guy dies in the fan, and then I think they send three of them to go check it out. There's three of them. And the alien attacks one of them. And then the two get scared and they run off Three Stooges style. And they run off and they end up right back in the same spot they started with. Where the alien is. <laughs> That's the competence of these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that was the footage they ended up with. And they're like, wait, did, we didn't script this out well, did we? Well, I guess they just ran in a circle, I guess. They ran okay. in a circle. Following directly on that, the alien moves around seemingly unafraid of fire. Yeah. The whole precedent for why Ripley even hatched that scheme is because she believed the alien to be afraid of fire. Right. Which is the precedent in the previous movie. Sure, it's a flamethrower. In the first movie, and there's nothing, I think, there's nothing that contradicts it in the second movie either. But in this movie, like, the fire's everywhere. Fire's just littered all over the place. But yet the alien's walking around, like, through the fire. Because it totally, it makes Ripley look like a fucking idiot, first of all. Because <laughs> she was wrong now. The one person who was supposed to know something about aliens now doesn't know anything about aliens. Yeah. So, uh, moving on from there. Uh, Ripley types message to rescue party about whether or not they have permission to kill the alien on a toaster from the 1980s. <laughs> and receives instant response from light years away. Uh, this is a small gripe I have. These movies in the past have done well enough not to do this kind of shit. Yeah. Where they're s typing on their space computer and like receiving instant messages from the other side of the fucking galaxy. Writers of the previous movies probably didn't know a lot about science either. Yeah. But at least they knew well enough not to do this kind of dumb shit. Right. Is this know. also the part where it was like a waiting response? A waiting response? It, a waiting response and it's, it's like, like... they kept typing it over and over yeah. again. <laughs> Every like, second. Like, Are you that impatient? Maybe he stepped away from the computer just for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and this is true in the theatrical version. You know how they run through the hallways? Yeah, yeah, the gauntlet. Yeah. They're running a lot. Like, they're running a pretty vast yeah. distance. Yeah, right? they run and then they shut a door and the next person's supposed to run and shut a yeah. door. Yeah. That, like, I can understand if they're by the door. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they're a few feet by, to the door. You know, like five feet to the door. Alien shows up around the corner. They manage to shut the door just in time. But they're running a, quite a distance to get to the door. Yeah. Right? And I'm just thinking, by all the precedents set in the previous movies, aliens are very fast. You're not going to outrun the thing. It's yeah. like a space cheetah, right? You're not outrunning it. <laughs> so I was just thinking, one outruns it, two outruns it. Okay, I can buy that. But they just keep outrunning the thing. And I'm just thinking, at this point, well, A, why is it even running around on the ground floor? We already know it can go through pipes and stuff, right? And just drop down wherever it wants. After failing once or twice, it'd be like, fuck this shit, and to go up into the air control system right, or whatever, right. airflow system up above and just like go through there and then kill everyone. But it doesn't do that. It just keeps taking the bait. I would imagine it's a bit more convoluted in the extended edition because this goes on quite a bit. It's not edition. that long in the theatrical yeah. or what I saw on television. And I think, I feel like they sort of just fell in love with that technique of running after somebody in that weird filter and where it would spin and go up onto the, go upside down and then come down. I think they just fell in love with that shot. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, let's do this a lot. They had the hallways. They were built and paid for. Right? <laughs> they had the working doors. They built and paid for those. That's a note I believe must have happened. Yeah. Hey, we, we built it. 
Yeah. Let's make sure we run through it. Anyway, just to wrap that up, though, I do think their cat and mouse plan was pretty dumb. Yeah. How they could have done it is they could have pretended to be killing Ripley. Right. And if it were true that the alien wants to protect Ripley, yeah. then the alien shows up again. Ah, and then they trigger the trap. Yeah. Right? That's the trap. But no, they do this weird cat and mouse thing. Yeah. That really doesn't even make sense, and I don't know why they would, why they chose fire before that, and then this. Yeah, like it was super simplified. It just became like, well, what are we going to use for bait? And then yeah. that's it. Yeah. And then it's like this chasing through hallways and closing doors, and then the one guy being like, "Hey, my door, my door's stuck." Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, there you go. I think we're wrapped on this one. Like this movie, uh, we we won't wrap. We'll just end. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you have it. So many gripes. Let us know what issues you had with the film by tweeting us at Solace Animation using the hashtag Alien3Gripe. Tune in next week for our rewrites where Chris and Lou present their own versions of Alien 3. This film may have had a lot of issues, but hey, like we said, we can fix it. See ya.